It is time for us to begin our midday program here on Wednesday morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Scott Foster here with you. We have an august tribunal of folks here today. Uh, Susan Littlefield is actually in studio. We've got Bob Brogan, and we also have Brandon Bennett's and uh, a very nice, clean round table because Susan was uh, cleaning away. I was. See what happens when I come to town? I grabbed the Clorox wipes and I just went to town. Mother hen living up to... I'm telling you. I've been doing it at home. I've been doing it. It just... Common. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we, needs to be done. We appreciate it. This, this. Uh, no offense, but in a room of guys, it just needed to be done. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's. I can't argue with that. Truth yeah. must be spoken. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. Bob Rogan, very concerned right now. He's in the middle of both of you. He's not. I don't am, feel like there's. I this don't split. feel like there's enough social distance here. <laughs> but on the other hand. I don't have my wipes available or anything else. I know. Okay, so it just, is what it is. If you can just go without breathing for about four minutes, you should be fine. I don't it, think I can do that. I'm not Don't Tom. worry. I'm an EMT, so good. you'll be good to go. Okay, well, we're I'm, covered. Uh, all right. Start. So the point of this is that we're supposed to talk about what we're going to talk about. So let's uh, let's do that. Susan, all what do right. you got? Well, first of all, check out the Virtual Farm Show. Can't mm-hmm. push that enough. It is an amazing outlet of different things that you can check out. Hats off to the entire team and because... How- Timely. Awesome stuff. How timely is that? <laughs> it's perfect. You can you can have your social distance. Yep. Um, and we are going to talk at 1219. Of course, there's a lot of stress. You and I were talking about that with our seniors. There's a lot of stress out there. How are you dealing with all? Jerry Hawk is actually a very good friend of mine, and he spends a lot of time talking with uh, corporate folks about stress and moving through the, the emotions. So he and I are going to talk a little bit about that at 1219. Okay. Then at 1245, Dwayne Hund, who's with K-State's Ag Economics Department, He's getting a lot of calls, not only from producers, but lenders as well, and given the current environment situation. So Shaley Peters will give us more on that. And then at 117, we continue COVID-19 from a market perspective with Arlen Sudeman from FC Stone. Okay. All right. We couldn't not talk about it. And I'm sure it's going to come up with markets, too, here shortly. Uh, Yeah, I'm guessing that's true. Turn it over to Brandon Bennett. And by the way, I did notice, and you probably did, to the USHL, has canceled their season. And we will talk about that at 1225. Good. Good, good. August it? Tribunal. Yeah, like it? I, I used the word tumult yesterday uh-huh. and was so proud of myself, and you won up me by one worm. Chalk up another defection for the men's basketball team for the University of Nebraska Lincoln. According to numerous sources, NU guard Javari Green is going to leave. We'll talk more about that. We will actually hear from UNK head football coach Josh Lynn and the message that he shared with his team prior to the shutdown. Several NFL quarterbacks are headed to new teams this year. Of course, one of the all time greats, Tom Brady, very likely going to end up in Tampa Bay. Nice warm place to end his career. And Big payday coming up for Drew Brees, two years, $50 million, and uh, other things are going to be postponed in the sports world in addition to the uh, the USHL canceling its season for the rest of the season. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you, Brandon. We turn it over to Bob Brogan, and uh, stock markets made some gains yesterday, and they've been erased today. They are. We're down uh, quite a bit, over well over 1,000 points. Stocks falling sharply as fears spread that the coronavirus is causing a global recession. Also, the U.S. and Canada have agreed to temporarily close their shared border to non-essential travel. What's essential to one is non-essential to another. Well, we can't get into that discussion right now. Also, construction of new homes fell again in February. And uh, August Tribunal, Mm -hmm. really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking by it. I love it. Thank you. 
Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And um, we are, boy, just a very active weather day, huh, Paul? Exactly. And we're going to start to see the effects of it tonight on into tomorrow. Everything from thunderstorms to a blizzard, it must be a spring storm moving through. Boy, I tell you what, and it just this time of year, mid-March, we just get this stuff. Exactly, right. that vulnerable time of the year right now, pretty quiet across the area, just a little dreary with some drizzle and clouds, and temperatures for most of us in the mid to upper 40s. We do have temperatures as warm as the low and mid-50s from southeast Nebraska into central and east Kansas, even close to 60 as you get towards Topeka. Some low 40s on into West Central and Southwest Nebraska from North Platte down to McCook. And also some temperatures as cool as the mid-tepper 30s on into the Nebraska Panhandle. Whole wide range of winter weather advisories to pass along. First off, the blizzard warning in much of western Nebraska, which is along the northwest of the line from western Cherry County to Mullen and Chapel. Midnight tonight through 6, Friday morning, 3 to 8 inches of snow, and winds gusting as high as 50. Just to the southeast of the blizzard warning, a winter storm warning is along the northwest of the line from Bassett to Thedford and Ogallala, 7 tomorrow morning till 7 Friday morning. Snow accumulations in that area, 3 to 6 inches, and winds also gusting 45 to 50. Winter weather advisory just to the southeast of the winter storm warning. The winter weather advisory affects uh, portions of the KRVN listening area, quite a bit of it here, northwest of a line from Bartlett to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Curtis. That's 10 tomorrow morning till 7 Friday morning. Total snow accumulations expected to range 2 to 4 inches, and winds could gust as high as 50. Also, we do have a winter storm watch in effect for Dundee and Hitchcock counties in southwest Nebraska and also Cheyenne County in northwest Kansas. That's tomorrow afternoon through late tomorrow night. Expecting snow, not much snow, but winds will gust to 55, and wind chills will be near zero by Friday morning. Drizzle today expected to transition to some rain this afternoon and evening. The main show does start to arrive later tonight as rain and thunderstorms develop over Kansas and move northward with low pressure over eastern Colorado. The most impactful part of the storm will be tomorrow with rain and thunderstorms remaining likely when that strong low starts to move into Kansas. Rain totals expected to range mostly a half inch to three quarters of an inch. Mild air ahead of that low. Expected to warm temperatures into the 60s and low 70s in some central and eastern areas for tomorrow. A strong cold front will push through tomorrow, usher in some falling temperatures and increasing northwest winds. The rain will change to snow with that cold air late tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. The best chances of accumulating snow will be along the northwest of the line from, once again, O'Neill to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Curtis, where we do have everything from winter weather advisory to a blizzard warning. Most accumulations will range 2 to 6 inches along the northwest of that line with that wind-driven snow, but to the southeast of that line, an inch or less of snow is expected. The primary threat with the snow will be the wind gusting near 50 for tomorrow night into Friday. Arctic air behind that front will drop our temperatures to the teens by Friday morning and wind chills from zero to the single digits below zero. We will get some... Here's some sunshine at the end of the tunnel. Friday, we finally see some sunshine as high pressure settles in. But that will be the but first. But it will be 20 degrees outside exactly, of the sunshine. Exactly, yeah. Right. The first full day of spring will have temperatures about 25 degrees colder than normal for most of us. Temperatures do moderate over the weekend and early next week with a southerly flow developing. 
Also, a few chances for rain and snow by Monday night into Tuesday, but really looking at some iffy chances with some weak disturbances. Weather factors in the markets include the continuing forecast for rain and snow across the central U.S. the next 10 days and the continuation of limited rain for southern Brazil. The strong and sprawling storm that we've been talking about will cross the central plains tomorrow and reach the Great Lakes early Friday. Primary impacts will include heavy rain from the southeastern plains into the Ohio Valley, wind-driven snow tomorrow from the central Rockies into the upper Great Lakes, and a cold outbreak behind this storm across the plains, Midwest, and Northeast. In the Midwest and central U.S., this ongoing wet and cooler pattern will be unfavorable for field drying and warming of soils ahead of spring field work. Southern Brazil, dry weather the past two months has led to a downgrading of their soybean and corn crop prospects. Southern Brazil expected to remain drier, while northern and eastern areas of Brazil will have moderate to locally heavy rain the next seven days. Central Argentina crop areas will have light to moderate rain the rest of the week. Recent rains favored the filling corn and soybeans, but a warming trend in Argentina by next week will bear some watching for potential crop stress. Well, you know, one thing we could use with everything going on is sunshine for sure, because it's already depressing enough without. But you got to give me something. A lot of us have gone. Oh, we're going to be on going with a week without sunshine. Is that by right? Monday, yeah. You know, we had that cloud cover move in last Friday. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, boy, I tell you, I wish you could give it to us without a <laughs> wind chill factor being involved. But whatever. Thank you. It's something at least. So, when you look into the forecast down the road a little bit, does it help us much? Um. Well, uh, yeah. That's one thing I did forget. Yeah. Um, Temperatures will start to moderate, but still we're going to be about seasonal to below okay. normal on temperatures here for a while. Okay. All right. Very good, Paul. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, where do you go check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. It's been described as an emotional time, and that it is. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I talked with Jerry Haunt, Primal Leadership, as he talks to folks all across the country, not only about being a leader, but finding out the true you. And he wrote an amazing piece yesterday on the emotion that is going on right now with COVID-19. One thing he says, I can remember the swine and bird flu as well as October 1987 Black Monday. All very emotional times. But what we're in right now is very much uncharted territory you know there's a lot of emotions going on right now it doesn't matter if you're in agriculture if you're not in agriculture if you're a parent if you're not a parent there's just a lot of things being thrown at you at once and so you look and i think the question is what next how do i move how do i deal with all of this well that that's um it's it's i've got an interesting job you know i work with people all over the world and um uh, I was talking to a couple of scientists just yesterday, and and they've got an interesting view. Um, they've got uh, colleagues in other parts of the world, China, uh, Europe. So the emotions that um, are, are running through everybody is, for the most part, is just a really hardcore uh, sense of fear. And last night it was interesting. I went to bed uh, with fear. I wasn't really conscious of it, you know. I was just kind of spacing out, and I went to bed. Um, this week, I have lost uh, six gigs um, where I go and work with teams in an off-site situation. You know, it's 
it's part of my job. Well, there's just in in all good consciousness, there's just no way you can justify that. It's irresponsible for me to be going out and bringing twenty some people together or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I, I went to bed with you know tens of thousands of dollars that just evaporated out of my uh, calendar over the next couple of months, and um, and I woke up with it again this morning, and I sat down and just tried to calm my mind and meditate a little bit, and uh, and these this this uh, note that you saw from me is what I came up with, and <clears throat> basically what what I was thinking about was. Uh, what one of the CEOs from this global company had said to me, he goes, man, people are really emotional right now. And it, it's so true. And as leaders, and as uh, leaders of communities, or leaders of your family, or leaders of business, w- we have to be able to recognize the fact that the people that we're coming in contact with are scared. And until we do that, um, it, 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 everything is going to be reactory. Um, people that you're bumping into, they're, it's just a reaction. They're, they're not even proacting or they're not even focused on trying to come up with solutions around these really difficult times. And as Jerry continued in his article, he talked about how some of us can't afford to board up our homes and to hibernate. We've got businesses to run, mortgages to pay, and mouths to feed, and jobs to do. But we really, from all of our humble experiences, can really sum it up in one word, and that's hope. Hope and solid leadership, confidence in the next steps as we move forward and weather this storm. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. It is time for us to take a look at sports on this uh, Wednesday. We still got some sports out there, and that's certainly, you know, a nice thing to talk about. As Brandon Bennett's in here in uh, Transfer Portal, she uh, gives and she takes away. Transfer Portal, NFL Draft, and we've come to our point in society in this particular time where we don't have sports to talk about, but we're going to talk about talking about sports. It really is. It's yeah. like we're one dimension away or, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, the old game. Mm-hmm. I love playing that. Or six degrees of separation, the sociological phenomenon. We're not talking about sports. We're talking about talking, talking about, about sports. sports. And in this case, you chalk up another defection to the Nebraska University of Nebraska Lincoln men's basketball team. According to numerous sources in UGARD, Gervais Green has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Green's a 6'3 guard, originally from the Denver area. It was a bit of a disappointment for the Huskers as he averages eight points and four boards a game. Green was benched midseason and ended up appearing just 29, game for the Hus- 29 games, plural, for the Huskers. He made 15 starts in his only year in Lincoln and was considered actually one of the best junior college players in the country while playing in Scott's Bluff. At Western Nebraska Community College, before coming to Lincoln, he was originally recruited by former head coach Tim Miles. Last week, with the NCAA and locally the MIAA announcing the end to all spring sports activities, that also included the end to all of the fall sports that were practicing in their off-season duties. 
University of Nebraska Kearney head football coach Josh Lynn shares with us his message to his team prior to the shutdown. We just told him, hey, look, you know, you live long enough, something like this is going to happen. And, uh, you know, obviously they're disappointed. I mean, we've got some needs and we've got some position groups and some positions opened, uh, you know, for young men to come in and compete and try to earn, you know, on the football field. And so there was some disappointment there when you tell them. But, you know, everybody in our conference, everybody in the nation, every, you know, every collegiate and professional football team is, is, is shut down right now. And, uh, you know, it's just something we need to deal with, and we've expressed that with our kids. It's life. That, I think, is very fair point to bring up is it's not like it's just one school being shut down or one conference being shut down. Or, or even, you know, when, when people talk about college football, well, there's three divisions within NCAA, actually four for football, and then you've got two within NAIA and all the junior colleges. Everybody's shut down. There's nobody anywhere practicing right now, so there's no competitive advantage, one team or one conference to another. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Several star NFL quarterbacks are headed to new teams this year. First among them, of course, Tom Brady says he's thrown his final pass for the New England Patriots. We know that for sure, and it appears there's strong speculation. Adam Schefter and others reporting that he's headed to Tampa Bay. Not a bad place to be right now. Was planning to be there next week. Yeah, that got shot down with a double barrel, fifty caliber, splashed into the water. So much for that. People familiar with the negotiations tell Associated Press longtime Chargers star Philip Rivers has agreed to a one-year contract with the Indianapolis Colts. And to be fair, because he's always playing against the Chiefs, I was never a big Philip Rivers fan. But I am so glad to see him end up somewhere where I think he'll be appreciated. You're from San Diego. I'm sure you know this better than I do. I don't think people in San Diego really appreciated who they had in Philip Rivers. Well, I think that, according to my brother, the town really liked him, but he was he was such a he was such a grouch. He was such a grouch, and I think that people kind of made fun of him after that. Carolina Panthers are replacing quarterback Cam Newton with Saints backup Teddy Bridgewater. Meanwhile, the Saints, speaking of which, are keeping their record-setting quarterback Drew Brees just keeps on keeping on. He he and Tom Brady there for a while were vying one and two. For for top passing and top touchdowns, and Breed took the lead late in the year. He's going to get a two-year, $50 million contract for, I believe, years 19 and 20, or 20 and 21 in the league. NFL is considering delaying the approval of free agent deals that have been made over the last two days because of a lack of signed contracts, hashtag COVID-19. And we heard mentioned this earlier, came out earlier today, USHL announced earlier this morning that a decision to cancel the rest of the 2019-2020 season after the initial postponement to March 12th. The decision was unanimously made by the USHL Board of Directors with the best interest of the USL, USHL athletes, who we all need to remember are in high school. Right. These are 15, 16, 17, up to 18-year-old kids. And I hate to I don't mean that to be derogatory, but these are high school students by and large. They are the athletes that are living hundreds or thousands of miles from home with billet parents that they see for a few months absolutely i think the right decision yeah they, and they're not going to school now so right. might as well so and by the way uh the reason that the folks in san diego probably didn't appreciate it uh philip rivers is because of the last guy you mentioned drew Brees. oh yeah yeah, yeah. He, was, he was there for a while too. still uh still sticks in the crawl hurts there doesn't it hurts a little bit yeah, yeah. thanks brandon An official with the Nebraska Grocery Industry Association is confident in the state's food supply chain. Kathy Seifkin, the trade group's executive, acknowledges there have been incidents at certain stores in other areas of the country, but she doesn't anticipate those problems here. I think that uh, Nebraskans are pretty calm and pretty logical people. 
And so while there has been an effort to stock up, some people probably got a little bit overexcited about what they needed to stock up on. Um, and But as far as food is concerned, there is no food shortage. And I don't see that we will have the same issues here that other people have had across the nation. Siefkin says while some food products are being purchased faster than they can be restocked, there is no food shortage. She says there is a shortage of paper products and household chemicals, and the supply chain continues to work on these issues. Well, as the spread of the coronavirus continues to send communities to quarantine, fitness and nutrition have also become a stressor. Dr. Greg Brown, an exercise science professor at the University of Nebraska at Kearney, adds that choosing fresher options will be better than the convenient choices. One thing I've noticed going to the store is the fruits and vegetables aren't picked over that much. We should probably be focusing more on fruits and vegetables at this time because, again, they're going to have a lot of nutrients in them that will help us, whereas that frozen pizza, it's quick, but it's not going to help us be as healthy as we can possibly be. Brown adds that portion control should also be taken into account when store shopping, aiding in the amount of food needed to purchase per visit. A doctor who worked at a hospital south of Omaha over the weekend has tested positive for COVID-19. Hospital spokeswoman Taylor Wilson says the doctor saw patients at Bellevue Medical Center and then developed symptoms. Wilson says the hospital employees and the nine patients who had contact with the doctor have been notified. He also says the doctor's initial test results are awaiting confirmation by federal authorities. The doctor is experiencing mild symptoms and is in isolation at home. Also Tuesday, the state reported that the total of no Nebraska cases had risen to 24. Police say shots were fired inside an Omaha grocery store, but there were no shooting victims and a suspect is in custody. Police and medics were called to the Hy-Vee store on the city's southwest side just after 6.30 p.m. Officials say an off-duty officer and a customer grabbed him and subdued the shooter after a short scuffle for the gun. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com. Farm analysts urges producers to follow their business plan. I'm Shaley Peters joining you back on the Rural Radio Network. And our guest today to talk about this is Dwayne Hunt. He's the director of the Farm Analyst Program in K-State's Department of Agricultural Economics. And, Dwayne, this has come on very fast. And we are sitting um, in certainly unprecedented times right now with our grain and livestock markets. And you've been receiving a lot of these phone calls. And so I just want to have you shed some light on some of the calls you're getting in and some of what producers are saying and feeling. Consequently, I have a long list of clients I've worked with over the 35 years that I've been doing this for Kansas State University Extension. And um, what I'm seeing is a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety, a lot of concern, 
people are watching the limit down moves in the grain markets and the, and the livestock markets, and they're saying to themselves, what is happening here? What do I do? Can I do anything? What, what should I think about? What are some of the things that I need to be considering? And, uh, and they're, they're just, uh, you know, they're just in shell shock to, to say it, uh, one way because they, uh, they don't know exactly what to think, uh, this thing is going to end up being. And, uh, no matter what we do, uh, there's a lot of anxiety making these decisions and, and it's coming from the lending community also. So not only our producers are feeling this, you say there, it's also the lending community in such a key time of year where guys are gearing up to get going. A lot of those loans are hopefully being renewed. Um, so there is a lot of anxiety coming from a lot of places, but there are solutions. What is the advice you are giving both producers and lenders, whoever is calling in? Well, the first thing I'm telling them is they need to follow their business plan as, as it was developed prior to their uh, initiation of uh, activity this spring and don't make knee-jerk decisions, you know. The best thing to do is to uh, sit back, uh, seek out some information, talk to your business partners, which is usually your family, and that's often the hardest thing for the operator to do because he's used to exhibiting strength and endurance, you know, to the family through thick and thin, droughts, floods, you know, he's been through it all, but this is a different situation than what we've been through any time in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, the producers are just hard, they're having a hard time coping. And, and a lot of them just need somebody to talk to. They, they hear, you know, another voice that is going through the same problems that they are. And they're starting to feel maybe a little more, little less concerned and a little more uh, confident that maybe they just need to sit back not make rash decisions, and uh, and at the same time look at the look at the situation they're in. There might be opportunities here to do something a little different than what they had planned on. The case in point, I had a producer that normally sells his his cattle uh, this spring as feeders to a feed yard. Uh, instead, he's going to partner with the feed yard and retain ownership on those cattle. And uh, hopefully, the markets will strengthen uh, a great deal by the time that they're ready for uh, processing later on this summer. And, uh, you know, we had to carefully evaluate that, get the lender on board with it, and uh, talk about the uh, pros and cons. And, and hopefully this will be a good decision for this particular producer to uh, survive this, this huge drop in market prices that we've seen. Uh, so these are some of the things that I uh, take the time to evaluate with uh, some of my clients and tell them... Uh, you know, sometimes adversity can can bring us to a, a different level of uh, of thinking, and um, maybe survival through this thing will uh, help us to maybe evaluate alternatives in the future that we haven't used to, uh, that we're not used to doing. So as we talk about the services that are available to them, and they are not alone, it's very important, I think, now to also talk about where they can turn some of those resources available, one of them being the Kansas Agricultural Mediation Services. This is free, confidential support. Talk more about this and some of the places, some of the resources that these people have that they can turn to. Now, in the state of Kansas, we have a wonderful program at K-State that's a federally funded mediation program that actually does a lot more than just mediation for debtor-creditor issues, which is what its original intent was, but now 
it's able to do a lot of other things and help producers in more ways than it used to be able to. And uh, that service is very low cost. It's very worthwhile for producers to take advantage of. One of the things that uh, they get uh, when they call up there is an assessment by uh, our trained personnel in that office. They uh, are used to talking to farm families and getting an intake and trying to synthesize exactly what it is that they are most in need of. Then they can make an adequate referral. That referral may go to a, a local county agent. It may go to uh, a, a legal services attorney who might be able to help them answer questions about renewals or refinancing. Or in, or in many cases, they come to us as farm analysts and uh, have us uh, go out and visit with the families one-on-one -on -one when we're able to. And now, of course, we're doing that all by phone. But uh, in stressful situations, being able to cope one of the things that, that is important to be able to do that is to know that there are others that are in the same position we are, we're not alone, and that we, uh, we're all in this together, and we want to uh, share our, our wants, hopes, needs, and fears, and hopefully uh, help each other along here until this situation stabilizes and then turns around. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Again, that number is 1-800-321-FARM, 1-800-321-3276 for the Kansas Agricultural Mediation Services. Um, a lot of this information is also up at ruralradio.com. Our guest today, Dwayne Hunt, he is the director of the Farm Analyst Program in K-State's Department of Agricultural Economics. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. <laughs> Time for us to take a look at our midday business report here on KRVN. And uh, boy, just not good news again. The stock market was halted for a while because automatically because it had gone down 7%. We have now lost all of the volume that uh, we've increased over the last three years. We're down to 19,281 right now. Let's take a look at the overnights. The Japanese Nikkei down nearly 2%, down 280 points. The Hong Kong, the, hang, the Hong Sang in Hong Kong down 910 points. London's FTSE down 205. And the German DAX index down 5.5%, down 500 points. Now, good news, the 10-year yield, the T-bill, was up 14% now at 1.14%. That's the highest it's been in a little while. And also the uh, dollar is up right now. Uh, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 9%, down almost 2,000 points right now from uh, having a, a much better day yesterday. It's down tonight, as I mentioned, 19,000. We were at 28,000 uh, just, uh, oh gosh, a couple weeks ago, if even that. The NASDAQ is down 535 points, and the Standard Employers is down 201. Oil prices continue to plummet down uh, nearly 19% uh, right now at $21 a barrel. COVID-19 and its impact to the rural Main Street and Farmstead. That's what we're focusing on currently at the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. With the COVID-19 virus now being labeled by the World Health Organization a global pandemic, the U.S. has underwent near-unprecedented action to try and stop its spread. 
Without action, though, the economy is suffering, with businesses closed and consumers radically changing their spending habits. To understand what this means for rural America's Main Street, we go to INTL FC Stone's chief economist, Arlen Suderman. Arlen, I know this isn't the easiest topic to speak on, but what do you see as the impact of COVID-19 to rural Main Street? Well, first of all, anyone who has a 401k, that's not going to be the farmers, but anyone who has a 401k is obviously seeing that now to about a 201k, as we would say, if they're invested in the stock market. Uh, that's the most noticeable area, and that impacts consumer confidence. And when consumers are less confident, then they tend to purchase less goods. They even, even in rural western Nebraska, they go down Main Street, they're slower to make purchases for discretionable items that they would otherwise thinking, eh, maybe I'll buy that a little bit later, whether it be something that they need uh, for their kids but they can get along with without for a while, or maybe it's a new iPhone that they were going to buy, probably going to wait a little bit longer. And the more you see that on Main Street, and Main Street businesses aren't doing as much business, they feel the economic pinch, perhaps they start having to lay off employees, and it just slows down the whole economy. In the market space, we've seen equities and energies plummet. Grains have lost some ground, but not as large in terms of percentage loss as others. What ag sectors are going to take the biggest hit due to COVID-19? The biggest sprint's going to be right now is going to be in the energy sector or anything related, which would include the biofuels. So I think you're going to see some of the ethanol plants start to close, start to shut their doors here over the next few weeks. And that's a combination of coronavirus doing demand destruction when you have airlines shutting down 40 to 50 percent of their flights, then that's fuel that isn't consumed. When conferences and conventions are being canceled, which is happening, I know most farmers may not be familiar with that. We did have, uh, were able to get Commodity Classic, a lot of big conventions and business seminars and stuff that we would be associated with have been canceled because of this. That's people not driving to those events, using less fuel. So we had significant demand destruction already, and then in the middle of that, Saudi Arabia and Russia decide to have a price war, seeing who could uh, dump the most product onto the market, sending prices even lower. And Russia's incentive here is to shut down the U.S. shale oil industry. Regardless of motive here, it's still doubling down on the problems. That's both a positive and a negative. It's a big negative for the U.S. shale oil industry. It's a big negative for any part of America tied to the energy sector as far as jobs go. It's a positive from the standpoint that every penny that U.S. gasoline prices fall is like a $1.4 billion tax cut to the U.S. consumers to try to stimulate the economy. It's an opportunity for U.S. farmers to think about when do I lock in six months to a year's worth of fuel needs going forward. Again, walking us through the possible impacts of COVID-19 to the rural Main Street and Farmstead is Chief Economist for INTLFC Stone, Arlen Suderman. These are troubling and scary times, but faith and the optimism that has carried the American agriculturalists through many tough times will hopefully ring true again for this time. Thanks for listening to the Rural Radio Network.
temperatures up in the northern plains where that's popular. Spring wheat, on the other hand, in the Minneapolis market did dip somewhat today. And again, as we were talking about, crude is down to $20.30 a barrel. It's down six sixty-five. The sell-off is continuing here. Unleaded gas futures now are down to $0.63 cents a gallon. We see over in the ethanol, it's eroded clear to 97 so almost down below where the contracts opened back in 2005. Natural gas and heating oil also hurting, but uh, ethanol plants are starting to pull bids. They're starting to shut down. They're not going to buy any more new feed supply to run through the plant, so that's uh, causing more corn backup. Of course, a lot of feed and end users there. Some of those are already stocked up and have bought in ahead of time, so there's a little bit of limited feed demand movement here. Now, in the eastern U.S., there's talk, though, there's still some decent demand moving into hog houses like in the Carolinas and stuff, so we'll have to keep a close eye on that. The soybean parts complex really helping support it. That main meal today up 570, closing at 304 today on the settlements. Very strong there as well. Just really higher across the board, anywhere from $1.40 to, again, 570 higher in the meal. So that definitely bringing around some support in there. Also, some rumors of China snooping around milling wheat to buy from the U.S. and some later exports. Their U.S. here pouring some milling wheat exports as well. I can't remember the country off the top of my head, but that is at least starting to support that movement and situation there as well. So there's a little bit of action starting to move around, trying to break up what's the difference between food and fuel in these markets. And as that continues to happen, hopefully we can start to trade back to true fundamentals, what's happening, oversold technical signals all over when you look at these charts. So once we can kind of see that divorce break up, then maybe we can start to turn these grain markets around on their fundamentals. But again, with the macros like the Dow Jones 2,270 so far point drop on the day, that's not helping to try and turn things around. We did just dip below now to 18,959 on the Dow. So that is a market update on the Rural Radio Network. And that's going to do it for our midday show here on KRVN on this 18th of March. If you'd like to hear the show in its entirety, you can go to podcast at krvn.com. Howdy folks, this is Rick from Divinity Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.